0: Cody Jasper is back. We had him on the show back when he was in Moon Fever and I really like some of their songs. But now he's left that band and he's focusing on his solo career. So we're going to find out why he left Moon Fever. Exciting news about his solo stuff and what the future holds. All this coming right up. What's going on? You're not in London now, but you're headed there. So what's happening in London? You're going to Abbey Road Studios?
1: Yes, I'm going to be doing uh, Abbey Road, live at Abbey Road, like video and a whole album pretty much. We're just going to get in there and like go after, try to get as many songs as we can. We have all day. And then uh, we'll be releasing a live at Abbey Road record as well as live Abbey Road on film. Like we're going to have all the songs filmed and, uh, and uh doing a couple shows before that which is crazy i'm like i have two shows the right before Abbey road like i hope my voice is gonna help there's no way i can hold back at a concert not seeing my like screen screen my bass off so Abbey road's gonna sound uh either really polished or really uh tired
0: it'll but you guys don't tinker in the studio after do you and change things or
1: no not for this no we're gonna just literally we have 10 hours so we're just gonna you know taking time to set up to film and stuff like that it takes a while and getting sounds right and so then we're just gonna bang out the songs and we'll get a mixed so they can touch stuff up after like you know just eq wise but oh, okay it's gonna be, it's gonna be live i mean and it's abbey road so straight off the board i think it sounds pretty pretty good as long as we sound good
0: So what is the set list then? Is it all originals, covers? Do you do any old Moon Fever songs or?
1: No, uh, it's all originals, all new stuff. Because I have another record coming out then next year. That's like the the good record I got in my opinion. And so we're doing a lot of songs off that record. Because by the time that record comes out, that stuff will be done and ready to send off. I'm doing some stuff from this stuff I just released too, Um, but. uh, Yeah, that's about it
0: cool so yeah yeah, so tell me about because you have a new record label right so what what, this is a famous record label right
1: well yeah this will be i guess this will be the first time i'll get to share it (laughs) but uh so i am signing with uh evil teen and hardhead which is uh stephanie scamardo and warren haynes they're they're married together and uh stephanie has managed a lot of people. She's managed Almond Brothers, The Dead, uh, the revivalist Marcus King. And um I'm her new projects. And so that's the record's gonna come out on Evil Team. And uh we're gonna take it from there. We might be uh playing I mean I can't say yeah it's not confirmed, but we're gonna be Are playing you? hopefully Warren Haynes' Xmas Jam, which is at the oh. end of the year. Yeah, it's a big deal. Pretty stoked. So yeah, but other than that, yeah, but
0: she must have some pretty good connections if she managed those bands.
1: Yeah, I it was uh was a little more, a little terrified meeting her. I literally went to their house <laughs> in New York, and I'm just like I'm a huge Warren Haynes fan. I mean, I started playing guitar because I got my first real guitar because uh, my dad. Heard me play One Way Out by the Allman Brothers. He literally, literally the night before was like, you're not a good guitar. I was like, dad, I'm getting really good. I need a need a real instrument, real guitar, a fender. And he's like, I'm not going to buy you one of those until you can play One Way Out by the Allman Brothers. So that night I learned One Way Out, note for note almost. I think it was like 14. And and the next day before school, I was like, dad, check this out. Played in One Way Out on a medicine bottle slide. And he was like, you're not going to school today. Bought me a fender, highway one strat. In a fender blues deville of that day
0: <laughs> nice. and
1: it's it forever changed it's all downhill from there <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> well yeah so last you were on we talked about i mean you were in moon fever so what happened with that because i think you like messaged me one day you're like yeah we i'm not i'm out of that band i was like oh i don't so i don't know the whole story other than uh you got in a fight with the bass player or something he broke your jaw that sounds kind of crazy yeah, tell me no, this no
1: that was uh that was in the beginning of the band and that okay. bass player was like my friend from childhood so it wasn't the first time we uh brawled out in the front yard after a couple of years you know what I mean hmm. that was that was nothing that actually helped I got sober after that so it was actually a beneficial thing but I signed an NDA uh so I can't really say why I left I just uh I just wasn't happy with the way thing i had to share my songs with someone with someone who didn't write them so that was another thing plus i played guitar on the records and i wasn't allowed to play guitar live and so yeah so that was one thing that just per- pushed my buttons and then i just kind of was i was writing all this material and then i was told that to, i mean in the best songs we had we had recorded songs that you know i wrote prominently just me and somebody else but somebody wasn't in the band but uh everybody was gearing up to put these songs out and then the family that financed the band was like these sound too much like a cody jasper song so we're not they weren't they weren't going to put out all these songs that that were like we were pretty sure going to do the trick for us they wanted Mm -hmm. me to write songs with their child their son who was in the band who i just I tried and tried and tried to write with a guy, but it just didn't work. And so I just said, Hey, I'm doing my own thing now, you know, whatever. So I can't say, I can't say any really thing anymore without them suing me for lots of money, which is weird because they still collect royalties from my songs. So, but yeah, it wasn't
0: part of it too. What's that?
1: Yeah, go ahead.
0: No, I was just going to say it wasn't part of it too. Like you, got completely sober like i know you had i think last we talked you were like i'm sober for like a few months i'm trying it out but now you're like no i'm done with everything and then you're singing the song cocaine and that's kind of weird because you're looking out and there's people that are like yeah cocaine you're like i'm not really wanting to like promote cocaine anymore not that you're really promoting it to begin with but it was a little weird right
1: yeah that was the thing the whole thing was just a gimmick it was like
0: yeah I think you told like, me that last time when we talked about yeah. that song, you're like, I'm not, it's just like, it's just funny. Like it was just more. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There was a, there was a couple times where I'd be playing and just like see kids out there or something. And I'm like, I you know, I didn't say it on the microphone, but I felt like inclined to be like, you guys know that like, <laughs> we're not like promoting this. It was just right. these guys, like, this is literally how the band worked. It was like, we need the manager who was getting, you know, paid handsomely to be our manager would be like, You need to, this type of stuff. It needs to be this. And I'm like, how does this guy know anything about rock and roll, first Hmm. and foremost? But, I mean, of course, it was the first song we, one of the first songs we recorded. And for me, being a writer behind it, it was like, what's an easy, oh, drugs. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. Rock song, two and a half minute rock song, was singing about drugs.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So you won't play any... Moon fever songs like you won't do like cheap thrills or uh payphone blues well, or
1: anything. No, cheap, cheap thrills was that was one Mitch had came up. Well, he came up with the guitar part and then I would yeah. it. But shaking off the evil and and stuff like that. Undertaker Undertaker which is crazy. That's one really that pushed my buttons because if you go on Spotify, it has his name under it and I'm like I've been playing that song for like 10 years. People seen me play that song like back in Austin when I was a teenager and stuff. So stuff like that just really ticked me off because i'd find out about it later you know i'm like why is this oh well we paid for everything so you know so it's like okay but that doesn't you're already taking royalties now you're going to take 50 percent of my rider share like what so yeah you might yeah. get me in trouble with this chuck
0: <laughs> no 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 it's fine i mean look it's all business stuff let's okay let's move on then let's talk about the news i like the new stuff like it took me uh i think that you put out did you put out two EPs? Is that what it is?
1: Well, here's what here's the thing with the stuff I've been putting out. So I I've been writing a ton of stuff. Like I recorded mm-hmm. tons of stuff. And I uh a lot of it I was just putting out like disc eliminated and all that stuff it was yeah just like b-side stuff that i was just rec- that I was recording and then i was still going to focus on moon fever so i had like this batch of songs that oh. i was like yeah i just want to put these out for the heck of it okay because i had all my eggs in this one basket and then when that basket was not a basket i want to put my eggs in anymore <laughs> i started recording those other songs so i have like three probably by the end of the year i'll have four full albums so i was like all right let me drop this b-side stuff just in case one of them maybe takes off you never know and then also because i do this a lot where i record i'll go make a record and then i'll never put it out i got stuff on my Dropbox that i need to just like you know but then because it gets old to me and then i become a better songwriter so i'm like i don't want to even hear that crap that i put out you know so i'm just putting out i put out this stuff to kind of like have something at the end of the year, because with the new label and the new stuff that's going to happen, you know that that I, I just wanted something to come out for the end of the year. So I don't not gonna be mad if you're not a fan of the most. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, no, I was just gonna say that's smart because I feel like you got to in this business, you got to stay relevant. Like, there's so many artists that I follow that I like, and I'm like, where have you been? Like, what's going on? I I haven't heard anything from you. You're not doing any shows, so you seems like you're doing shows and you're putting out new music and and staying fresh but i love the song i love some of these new songs like dancing with depression i think is that your most popular song right now it's really good
1: yeah a lot of people have been it got on the playlist and it's been shared a lot which i was nervous about that song i liked the chorus but it was just so weird there's so many like I, i just it's like a rock ballad i guess but there's so much stuff in it and and I actually was sick when I sang that record. I didn't have the time to come back or the money to book more days to do vocals. So I literally just like powered through it. And my nose was stopped up.
0: <laughs> That's funny. Cause it, yeah, it sounds great to me. You know, what's interesting about that? I was like, there was a part in there where the chord progression, I was like, wow, this sounds kind of familiar. And then I, I, I put it together. It kind of sounds like a little bit like Weezer say it ain't so have you noticed that yeah. like, that would be a good if had, you mashed up those two songs.
1: I had the like we were always saying like this is the vibe was a Weezer vibe but oh, okay I don't know I mean you know there's only twelve chords in the whole chart <laughs> so you're gonna you're gonna run into a few you've used before you know I'm sure yeah. they'll say it ain't so is probably taken from Tom Petty and then you know it just right. goes down the line but
0: yeah no I love, I love- that I'm not
1: thinking about it I'm like Dan it's a little different. It's got
0: it now, it is a little, but it just reminded me of that. And I was like, it's reminding me of something. And then I listened, I was like, no, it's not exact, but there's that little part. And uh, but no, I love this song. And it's funny because the song's called Dancing with Depression, so it almost sounds like a sad song, but it's like, it's actually the lyric is like, I'm not dancing with depression anymore. So it's because it's a happy to me, it feels like a happy song.
1: Yeah, it was kind of like I was going through a lot after getting sober. And like, if you want to hear the definition, why were the story came from i guess i was going through all that stuff from from getting sober and then you know i quit moon fever and that was like my bread and butter gig i was getting paid to do it and and like but my heart was like there's something you got to do something better like you got Mm -hmm. i had i just had to have like take a leap of faith and be like i can do this and succeed and then you know reality sets in of how hard it, it is to do this on your own in a business you know when you're not A family was very, very wealthy, (laughs) and then so I was bouncing with these depressional thoughts, and I'm sober and I have to deal with them. And then the song was just basically like, Yes, it's like being okay with like having problems. It's like, you know, I don't really. This one of the lyrics says, Sometimes I wish I'm dead, but it's not true. But it's just like, sometimes I may get depressed, sometimes I, I, you know, I have maybe I have like some issues or some things I haven't healed in my life, but it's okay, like, screw this, I'm gonna keep keep on going like whatever that's you know, like so yeah yeah
0: i mean people that's when you get uh anxious is when you expect everything to be perfect like the more you fight reality the more anxious you get like so when you just accept go all right well things are a shit show right now or whatever you know that there's going to be a, a light at the end of the tunnel though i think that's the biggest thing
1: yeah exactly yeah and yeah. it's just like i was like hard on myself and I'm like everybody gets depressed everybody thinks oh man maybe you know this that's so like whatever i'm just going to bask in it
0: <laughs> yeah well you came out with a beautiful song cuz of it that's what you Thanks. that's amazing that you can do that you can channel that into something positive i love it so i've planned that song on repeat it's great and then i love also the the swim that's a cool song that's a cool riff that's you scream a little more it's a harder rock song that's kind of more of a easier transition from the moon moon fever stuff like that's kind of that vein of like hard rock i really like that one
1: yeah thanks man thank you i got some more hard rock coming i got some uh, i can't wait for some of this stuff
0: oh really (laughs) yeah because this is like and then like you have the disco lemonade that's like soul funk you're kind of all over the place which i kind of like it it kind of reminds me not that you sound like this at all but just how the guns and roses did like the use your illusion and they had just so many different styles in there and they mixed it up I love that because I love so many different styles of music. Is that kind of how you're going to go forward? Or is it like you said, some of this was like leftover B-sides? And
1: um, That's cool that you referenced Use Your Illusion because I love that. I mean, I, I didn't put that tune together, but I've been saying that I'm trans genre. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> oh like I, I love, I love uh. all music. Like, it's so hard for me to just be like, I can, I'm always, you can only do this. It's like, I love playing. Oh, I write all kinds of stuff. Like I don't just listen to hard rock. I don't just listen to soul. And so that was the thing I was, I was just recording stuff and I was like, you know what? I like this. I'm going to put it out. But, um, and I want to stick with that even though everyone's like, no, you can't do that. You gotta be a, you have to be this. Like, that's how the, the world works. The music world works. Like, you have to have your fan base. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to do that. I think I want to try doing it in my own way. But they all eventually, I think it was just my writing. I was just trying to find out who, what I wanted. Because I've been writing so long towards this style. And I had all these people dictating what I was doing. Like, oh, you got to take that awesome guitar solo out of there. Like, what? We had to do that all the time. I'd have to take really? like, We We would, make, yeah, we would make the songs in the studio. It would be epic. And then, you know, like, cause I, I don't play them live. So the person who has to play them would get like really mad and be like, you know, cause he couldn't do it. But it was really what it was. But, but yeah, we had to, so I just had to do all this like stupid stuff. You know, it was just not what music was to me, not rock and roll at all like it was like you know programmed drums programmed everything everything was programmed it was just like not how i envisioned making rock and roll records and so once i had got away from that i went like the this whole record that i did uh ministry of madness there isn't one plug-in or one electronic device on the record everything is mic'd everything is made by a human being which i mean it sounds like that it sounds old <laughs> you know so it's like now that i'm like now that i did that i'm like all right i want to go back to technology because i'm not gonna lie i I just like records that are you know there's so much stuff out there that the old analog way is cool but i like i like the new stuff i like the mix of both but so a lot of that stuff take it back what you're saying a lot of that stuff was just me being like i have the freedom to make music with like a real drummer again you know i can like play a song with somebody it's not like. Put these headphones on and play to this drum track and then we're gonna edit it, move it in here and blah blah blah. And then we're gonna auto-tune your voice like oh my god, cheap thrills, dude. I never would have gone, long night, last night, but it's writing. Yeah.
0: Oh, okay. So that's auto-tune. <laughs>
1: that, like, I mean, I uh. say I know like that, but these mixes mixes would come back and I'd be like, What is that? What is that? Sounds like a computer, you know, and I couldn't do anything about it. Was that hard to but sing so live could. Uh, could no, really.
0: though? Okay. Oh.
1: Yeah, I would sing them live and I was practicing a lot, but it was and it, it made me a way better singer. But hmm. it was just the it was just the the facade of it. It was just like I thought, I just miss doing real stuff. You know, I came from old rock and roll habits. And yeah. so it was like when I was a kid dreaming about doing this, that was not the way that I thought about doing it.
0: Right. So now so you're saying but you're you're gonna mix it maybe there'll be some of the modern mix with the old school stuff.
1: Yeah, there's yeah. gonna be this new record is pretty much the newer record coming out is pretty much modern. It's got huge drums, reverb, but there are real drums. <laughs> they were made by a drummer, not by an engineer, you know. So okay. so that was a big thing for me. But so that's there there's drums like that there's one song that i think is going to be a single called dirty it's got a big 808 bass in it so re- i'm utilizing because now that from when i quit that band to moving on i've done a lot of stuff on my own producing wise and so i'm learning about all these crazy gadgets and like mm. how to make that sound that you pay somebody four thousand dollars to do and you're like wow it's literally just a program you buy on your computer
0: <laughs> oh really wow so yeah. did you produce this new one yourself or did you have help
1: no, no ministry madness frenchie produced i uh, had frenchie produce that one and 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 uh but the, the one coming out yeah i produced it by myself i was just like i i love frenchie frenchie is a great producer but uh from my previous people i've worked for i was just like why are these people here i mean if i was working with rick rubin or somebody like mm, that
0: that'd be you cool know,
1: then you're like yeah i'll sit down up uh, yeah but you know those guys but a lot of times i've noticed that you i get in a room with these producers and you have this thing and you want to do you know your pat you by the time that they get done with it it doesn't even it doesn't even sound like you anymore and you're kind of like mm. it's kind of a bummer and a lot of my friends they feel the same way sometimes they get into it you know so i was just kind of you know and with TikTok and stuff these days dude you got 14 year old kids out there producing mixing and mastering their own stuff so it's not that hard to find out how to do it you know so and then when you're writing the song like i usually when i make a song i can hear the entire thing in my head like i'm at home now and like here i'll show you like this keyboard like i can do background vocals horn sections organs bass drums you can do it all right there so it's like what what is what do i need a producer for now i just need a really good engineer to tell me how to make get these sounds and to mix it properly all the producers gonna come in and do is share his ideas and and then try to put his stamp on it you know
0: right and that
1: usually takes the art takes the artistry away from the whole thing it's like it's like being a painter and having a person behind you over your shoulder the entire time telling you what to paint it's it just yeah. it just take completely take away from the artist.
0: Well, I guess you, yeah, you'd have to really trust that producer. But I think, like, like you said, like Rick Rubin, yeah. that might be a good fit for you or somebody like that because he's very hands off. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, Rick uh, right, be a great fit. Like, Yeah, I mean, because because oh, he's more hands. He's not going to be twisting a bunch of the. He doesn't even do a lot of the, uh, you know, the the technical stuff. He's more about like. You know inspiring you with the environment and things i don't know if you've seen that documentary on him but it's uh it's really interesting he just he takes these artists into this like house and you know he puts all these things in there that inspire him but he doesn't really like twist the knobs and dials like no sound you know turn this one up and turn that one. that's like you know the engineer does some of that but i don't think he does a lot he's more of a, like a hands-off producer
1: yeah he's i haven't seen a documentary but i listened to his joe rogan podcast and oh was, that like, was good he- He gets it. He's about the vibe. Yes. The artist, like, he gives them, like, a place to, like, feel comfortable and trust, you know, and, and, uh, yeah, that's a great, that's a great, that's a producer I would like to work with, something somebody like that. But for now, that's just, I just listen to stuff like that and take their advice from things.
0: No, that's, (laughs) yeah, that's really smart. So, I mean you're doing the producing yourself now who are you have a manager or something because your new single uh one of the i think it was disco Lemonade, or one of them was getting a lot of press on a lot of those sites how do you have to send that into them or how do you get that press because it was doing really well with that
1: you uh hire a pr agent is really how you get that stuff done and then they have connections so the people most likely will read their email and then maybe they'll do a write-up about it you know versus mm-hmm. me Cold emailing these people, you know, like yeah, like right. Air, uh, American songwriter on uh, Who You Are, which was like a bucket list for me. And that was Ed Bunker. He's a great PR agent, killer guy. I just don't have the budget for him <laughs> on the next on these on these last ones that I've released. And plus, I'm, um, the next up is coming on a label, so they kind of handle that stuff. So oh. they use their people, and but I oh, was so you will have anybody, PR p-
0: people for the next one then.
1: Yeah, yeah, Because of the but label. that's okay. it. That's, yeah, but that's really what it is. Like, people ask me that all the time. How are you getting all this stuff? And I'm like, it's a PR agent. Yeah. You know? Well, Just that's like good. Just yeah. no, like radio. Because I get those radio. things all
0: the time with the PR. I get all these. like I get like 20, 30 emails a day from different PR people. Hey, check out this band released. And there's so many artists out. There. I can't believe how many bands there are that, that have enough to hire a PR agent that I've never heard of. That's a, It's crazy to me.
1: Yeah, it's a crazy business, dude. It's a. But see, that's the thing. Like, yeah, you get lots of emails. So, like, if you hire somebody that you have worked with before, you know, you're more likely to listen to them and check out their artists. And I think Ed is the same guy that got us connected when I was in Moon Fever.
0: Uh, I don't know. Ed I remember, I reached out to you. I was like, I I want this guy on my show. Oh, like, I like because oh, yeah. I love those songs. Thanks, yeah. man. Yeah. I love the new stuff too, though. It's great. I'm excited for the the next album. That'll be a full album. That's going to be cool. Like, yeah, it seems like you're all, everything's going in the right direction. You, how did you get the blue tick? Did was that another thing through the PR agent?
1: No, that was, I've been trying to get one of those just as long as anybody has. Like I would go to the, you know, you can apply for one on Instagram and it yeah. always would just be like nothing, you know? And I looked into like paying for one and those all seem to be scams. Yeah. Just, uh, I think once you, but I looked into like the logistics of it is once you get a certain amount of like press, like once so many, you know, and then I had a couple of fake accounts. I had a couple like, uh, accounts that would like message people and be like, Hey, you know? Uh, <laughs> and so one day, I don't know, man, one day it just like popped up. Every, I just got a text from my drummer, Greg, and he's like, dude, how did you get a blue check mark? And I'm like, what? And then when you open it, it doesn't even, your Instagram's not different. I had to literally go to my page and it was, it was cool. It was kind of <laughs> like a, nothing's changed though. <laughs> it doesn't, it's, it's it still just makes really it more, hard. To get it makes
0: support. you more official though. I think it makes you more, um, legit i think i mean i've been trying to get one too because i feel like it yeah it makes you you know stand out a little bit more like rather than just being a one a sea of musicians or podcasters like okay this guy's like official he's verified yeah it's something
1: it's helped me get some pretty cool follower backs like i'll follow people you know that are like like uh um rob from stone temple pilots who basically stone tip Temple pilots like i'm grew up on Stone Temple Pilots and I came across his Instagram shortly after I got my blue check mark and followed him and I'm like, and he followed me back. (laughs) So I'm like, there's no way that would have happened if I didn't have that blue check mark, you know? So I'm very thankful for it.
0: That's true. Yeah. Cause they would actually see those or message too. I feel like it stands out, you know, from all the other ones. That's really cool, man. Stone Temple. That'd be a fun show to like open for, for them, maybe a tour or something.
1: Wow. Yeah. That would be crazy it would be nuts.
0: Yeah. Cause you've done some good ones. Did you open up, you open up for Eric, uh, Eric Gales?
1: Yeah. Open up for Eric Gales. Uh, that's pretty much solo lately. I haven't been doing very many shows this year at all. I've just been kind of working on the trenches, getting content and stuff and uh, practicing. I've been really just like, I play guitar like three or four hours a day. Some days, some days I don't play at all, but for the most part, like, I'm just in here, like I'm like, all right, all right if I'm not going to be playing any shows, I'm gonna be stuck, you know, not doing anything. I'm gonna at least like get to be as good as I possibly can be because if all else fails, if, at least if I'm really, really good, you know <laughs> something, no, that's, so, gonna look out.
0: that's super smart, yeah, because when you know all the PR stuff is great and everything. but like ultimately, it comes down to the music. Like I feel like the same way with my podcast. I'm like ultimately like I can play the social media game and all that, but if I don't have good interviews, like people don't care. So that's a huge Exactly. Yeah. That's really smart. Now you're in Austin, right? Or
1: no, really- Actually, I'm in Amarillo, my hometown, like Okay. The middle of nowhere, panhandle. It's uh the plains. Yeah, I moved here right during the pandemic from LA. I just haven't left. It's been, you know, it's just been nice. I don't do much, but work on music. And I know that I've been honing in, but soon and uh, probably by next year, I'm going to be moving back to a regular metropolitan city. I don't know which one yet, but,
0: hmm.
1: but it's been for, good for me. I, I,
0: would it ahead. be in Texas? Would it be Austin or Houston or Dallas? Or it could be anywhere
1: i really miss the ocean i really like california even though it's going through a lot of stuff like i just feel great in california i love austin too and then i've never lived in nashville so i'm like maybe i should give nashville a shot that's where the scene is you know
0: yeah because austin is cool but nashville is like austin on steroids like it's insane there's so much live music but then again it's like yeah yeah you got to stand out because there's so much of it
1: and austin is like just not the same, I, Austin was like my second home, it's where I first lived out of and Am- when I, you know, first moved and started cutting my teeth. And like, I, it's funny because I sound like one of those people when I moved there that were like, Austin ain't the same, <laughs> <laughs> and now it's, now it's me. I'm like, but it's true because like, I the reason I would move back there isn't for the music scene, it's for like the way of life. I used to run around town lake and swim in the river, and it's like every time I go back. And I'm like running on town, like, like bumping elbows with people. And then like every little spot that I used to like go with my dog and jump in the water. And there'd be like five people there, maybe, you know, you got to like wait in line now. It's just like crazy the amount of people. So that's the thing where I'm like, maybe I don't want to move back there. But I don't know yet. I fly by the seat of my pants. So
0: well, very cool. Would well, you have any upcoming shows? I know. you. Have, I mean, we talked talking about the new music. You have. Do you have any uh, shows lined up, though?
1: i have some in london and then i uh, am waiting on the confirmation to do xmas jam in Asheville, north carolina where warren Haynes' festival that he does and uh that's it until next year and uh don't have anything on the books right now for next year but that's all getting getting worked on i have to finish this abbey road video stuff sure like he was like we were saying it's really If you, yeah, it's got to be about having good music. So I'm like, I don't want to make all these funny, corny music videos. Like, I'd rather just get into an epic studio and play my ass off and then have that to advertise to people because that's what it's about. It's not about like, oh, sure, I can wear funny stuff and grow a mustache and, you know, make a cool video. I'm like, I want people to see us because music is like a spiritual thing to me. So when I play it live, especially when I'm allowed to play guitar. especially when I'm allowed to like perform the music live. It's, I go to a special place and I, I, people see that. I think I'm people start now that I'm especially clear headed and sober. They can, it's like a, you're actually watching something, you know? And so I really want to convey that more than I want to convey anything else right now. And we got so lucky that we get to do that in studio too at Abbey road.
0: Yeah. That's like, super cool. So it's you singing a guitar and then you just have a bassist and a drummer or is there another guitar player as well
1: uh i'm having a there's another guitar player and there's also a keyboard player live but yeah there's two wow. guitar i gotta have a guitar player because like in dancing with depression there's like three part guitar harmonies all over that song so mm-hmm. i want to do it all live so.
0: okay cool well, yeah, well i look I forward play. hopefully i can catch a show at some point Either if you come to Phoenix or I'll have to do a road trip or something, but uh, it'd be cool to see you. Like I said, get on that Temple Pilots tour or something. That'd be fun.
1: Yeah, totally. We'll put that out <laughs> into the universe.
0: Yeah, something right, big, uh, something cool. Me. You've opened for big bands before. It shouldn't be a problem. So awesome. Well, I always end each episode promoting a charity. And I think last time we talked about the Freedom Music Project. Is that still something that's uh, near and dear to your heart?
1: Yes, definitely. Just okay. did a, we just did a fundraiser for them in albuquerque like three weeks ago and they raised money and i think they gave away like 50 guitars to uh younger kids that are in like uh detention centers or on probation or something yeah it's pretty okay pretty great project
0: cool so people can donate to that i'll put that uh link in the show notes and then uh they can follow you on social me- media your blue tech now so <laughs> very yeah, cool. easy to find you awesome man <laughs> all right anything else
1: that's it man
0: Okay. All thanks right. Well, for thanks for having again. me. Appreciate yeah, thanks it. for coming back. We'll uh, talk what again. You. What's that?
1: All right. I said I appreciate what you do, man. I love watching all your your interviews. You got some crazy people lately, which is I i feel like imposter syndrome. You've had, yeah, some, no. you had some legends on here.
0: Yeah, show. no, you're getting there, you're getting there yourself, like I said. So it's cool to see you like on the rise. Like I just had that guy, uh, the singer from Great White, like he was in a band in Alabama. I don't even think they had any <laughs> like real recorded music when I had him on the show and now he's like singing with Great White. It's pretty cool, so. Wow. Yeah, awesome. Awesome, man. Take it easy, Cody. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. Cody Jasper, remember the name? It's like I was telling him, I had Brett Carlisle on the show. He's a singer of All or Nothing and then he got the call to sing for Great White and it's fun to follow these young stars and see their careers. So make sure to follow Cody And also follow the show as well. Your likes, shares, and comments will help us both out. And we appreciate that. And again, make sure you're subscribed to the show so you can catch all the uh, exciting guests that we have. Even Cody said we have some great guests. So uh, thank you so much for your support. Have a great day and shoot for the moon.